Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We are thrilled you have joined us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. How you guys doing? Good to see all of you. I have, uh, I have thoroughly missed you, and uh, it is good to be back. It doesn't matter where I go or what churches I go to. Uh, I just got to say there's no church to me like New Hope. Amen. And so it's just good to be back. Thank you, God, for this church. Uh, thank you for Central Campus. Welcome. We're glad, you, we are glad you're here. Welcome to the Garner Campus. Can I get an amen? amen. Welcome to the NCCIW Daughters of the King. Amen. amen. We are, we're about to launch the, the uh, you know, we take a break in the summertime, but I have learned that the women can watch television on Sunday. And so on Sunday, they huddle around the television. And they watch uh, the New Hope experience. And so even though we're not physically with you, welcome. That's right. Welcome to the Daughters of the King. I think I said the Garner campus. Welcome to the Sanford campus. Love you guys over there. The Coffee House campus, which is kicking upstairs. They will be joining us next week. What's next week? Don't miss next week. Concert. Our worship arts ministry is releasing their very first worship CD. And I, listen, the Coffee House is going to join us uh, here next week. And I am just so, so proud of Pastor Fuller and all the worship leaders from all the campuses and lots of volunteers and lots of staff. Just so so proud of them. So welcome to all those. I've gotten sidetracked, so I will probably forget a campus or two. Welcome to the television community. Welcome to uh, anywhere and anyone watching it anywhere <laughs> around the globe on the internet. Welcome one. Welcome all. Amen? Amen. Hey, you still with me? I haven't been with you in a few weeks. You still, I need you to be with me today. When I say praise the Lord, say hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When I say hallelujah, say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When I say God is good, say all the time, God is good. When I say all the time, say God is good all the time. Now from the top, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. All the time. Give yourself a hand. Way to go, church. Man, uh, just so, again, so good to be back. I, um, uh, two weeks ago, I was with uh, my external board of advisors, a few members. There's an external board at this church that I consult with, pastors and professors from around the globe. And I was with uh, those guys, not all of them, but some of those guys out in Colorado. Uh, any Colorado people? Man, I, I've, I've never ridden through the Rockies. And I got to tell you, that is some of the most beautiful country I have ever experienced. So we were out there and then I left that and joined my family for a vacation in Florida. And uh, even though it's been great to be away, there is no place like home. Amen. So when we were in, um, when we were wrapping up our time in Colorado, um, we, we had to call a taxi. Because we have our motorcycles out there. Uh, we ship our motorcycles. Again, this is, this is a guy from the external board. It just felt led over the years to totally pay the way for uh, three of us to go and ride Harley Davidson's. He's just a very generous kind of guy. And he wants to bless us every year. So we get together. We ask uh, questions of accountability. We pray for one another. We talk about the church. We do all that kind of stuff. So the week was wrapping up. And we took our Harley Davidson's to the bike shop. And we had to call a taxi. And... 
Uh-oh. <laughs> You've had a bad experience with a taxi, eh? It doesn't compare to riding a Harley through the Rockies. I will tell you that. Um, so we, we call the taxi, and Jason shows up. Jason is the taxi cab driver. Jason takes us from the Harley shop to where we were staying, and uh, I could tell right away Jason, Jason had some needs. I mean, Jason, Jason had some relational needs. He had some financial needs. He definitely had some spiritual needs. And when we got finished, uh, when, we, when he dropped us off, my good friend on the external board of advisor who pays for this whole thing every year, um, he, he decides to tip Jason. And what you need to know about my good friend is he is a big tipper. He's a generous guy. And so he tips Jason generously. And Jason gets emotional. And Jason says, hey, if you need a ride anywhere else... <laughs> Will you call me? And he gave us his card. And so we said yes. And so the, that night we went to a movie. We called Jason. My friend tips him very generously again. The next day, if we have to go to the airport, we call Jason. My friend tips him very generously again. And so the, I don't know if it was the tip or whatever, but Jason got really open to the gospel. Seriously. And uh, he started sharing, man. He started sharing about his needs and his hurts and his feeling of lostness, his feeling of loneliness. And I felt the Spirit say to me as we were wrapping up our time with Jason, I think it was the third or fourth time in the car, I said, Jason, can I pray for you? He said, oh, Pastor, I would love for you to pray for me, what I didn't tell you was the first time he picked us up in all of our leather and all. He goes, man, you, you don't look like a Christian, let alone a pastor. <laughs> so so I, I, I said, Jason, can I pray for you? And he said, yes. And I just, I, I happened to be in the front. My good friend was in the back. I just put my hand on, on Jason's shoulder and I started to pray for him. And I prayed all kinds of things for him and, and actually had the opportunity to lead him to the Lord. But here was, here was what I felt led to pray at the end of that. I felt led to pray that Jason would find a Bible-believing, Jesus-exalting church. I prayed, I prayed, I prayed that Jason would actually find the beauty and the potential of being engaged and being a part of a church that can bless his life. And the reason I felt led to pray that is because I've spent two weeks studying Psalm 128. If you've got your Bibles, open them up to Psalm 128. I wasn't even studying them for the message. I was just, God just led me to Psalm 128 two weeks ago. So I've just been reading it and reading it and reading it and marinating in it. But as I did, I was reminded of the unbelievable potential of the church and the call upon, listen, every single believer to be dialed in and engaged in the church of Jesus Christ. And you might say, well, how in the world do you get that out of Psalm 128? I'm going to show you. Psalm 128. If you're ready for the word, say amen. amen. And why don't we stand in honor of it? This passage has rocked me to the core over the course of the last two weeks. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to Him. You will eat the fruit of your labor. 
Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. I call them biscuit snatchers. God calls them olive shoots. Let me just unpack that for just a moment. We all know the power of trees, right? Trees are a gift from the good Lord. Amen? Amen. They help us breathe. They give us wood for homes. Trees, trees give us pulp for paper. If you go to ancient Israel, some of you have been there, and you, you take in the olive trees, if you will. I'll never forget the first time I was there. I saw olive trees 2,000 years old. Olive trees are tenacious. They're, they're if you will, indestructible. The Bible is saying, if you walk in the blessings of God, your children can be tenacious. They can be indestructible. Side note, but I had to get it in there. Verse 4, yes, this will be the blessing for the man, or you know, as we say, the woman to the Bible. This is just the language they use for the man or the woman who fears the Lord. Verse 5, may the Lord bless you from, from where? We're going, to, we're going to get into that day. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you live to see your children's children. Peace be on Israel. It's only six verses. I want us to do something now that you've just kind of heard it. I want us to read it together out loud from the beginning. Verse 1 of Psalm 128. Here we go. Blessed are all who fear the Lord. Who walk in obedience to him. Good job, church. Let's continue. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Let's continue. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Yes, this will be the blessing of the man who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you live to see your children's children. Let's pray together. Father, take, take our minds, think through them, take our hearts, fill with them. Take my lips and speak through them. For if you do not speak today, then absolutely nothing of any significance will be spoken. This I pray in Jesus' name and all of God's children said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Anyone here want the blessings of the Lord? Yes. All, I want us to look at verse 5 today. That's what we're going to focus in on. So if you've got your Bibles open, I saw so many, so many of you with them open, your iPads, whatever the case may be. Circle, highlight, underline, verse 5. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you live to see your children's children. Now, if you're not careful, you'll just read that language of Zion and you'll just slip right past it. You'll just keep going. But we can't do that. What is Zion? What is Zion? A number of references in Scripture point to this place 
called Zion. Let me unpack it for you for just a moment. I highly recommend that you take out your, your sheet and take some notes on this. Zion. There was a mountain in the Old Testament called Zion, which served as a holy place, listen, where God dwelled. The mountain of Zion. There was also a city called Zion. And the city, as some of you know, was the city of David. The city of Jerusalem. It was the gathering place. It was the holy city where ancient Israel knew and experienced a deeper and profound dwelling of God. Everything centered around the temple called Zion. Now, other parts of the Old Testament talked about the tabernacle that moved around and the place where God dwelt. Zion basically replaced even the tabernacle. Everything centered on Zion. And in Psalm 128.1, the Bible says that God blesses the man and the woman who fears God. Side note, message is not on the fear of God, but I got to say this. So many of you are here today, and I can fall right into it if I'm not, not careful as well, and you have a lot of fears. You fear a lot of things. I've often thought that a good sermon series would be a series on fear. And I just stopped by to let you know today that the problem with that is you don't have an, an appropriate amount of fear of God. Because listen, church, if you fear God rightly, you don't struggle with anything else in terms of fear. If you fear God appropriately, all your other fears have a way of disappearing. So in Psalm 128.1, the Bible says God will bless those who fear the, fear the Lord. But here's the key. Psalm 128.5 says God will bless those from Zion. Now listen in because this is huge. As a believer, God is going to do certain things in your life just because you're a believer. Just If you're a believer, you love the Lord, you're, you're a Christ follower, you walk with God... God's going to bless you. But here's the key that we don't talk about enough. This Psalm 128.5 points out. For those who are connected to Zion, which has become, by the way, the church. If you go back, if I were just to draw a timeline out here today for you, I wish I had a big old board, I'd do it. Creation of humanity. The law. The Old Testament covenant. Zion theology, Zion blessing, Zion favor for the people of Israel. The birth of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ going to the cross. The church being born in Acts chapter 2. And becoming the new Zion. The new Jerusalem, if you will. And what Psalm 128.5 teaches us is that, yes, God will bless us just for being his people. But there are certain blessings that are reserved for those who are connected to Zion. A way to put it would be this. The Old Testament understanding of Zion, the heavenly city of Jerusalem, the place where God, if you will, listen tabernacled and dwelt has now become the church of Jesus Christ. That's a good place for an amen. amen. 
the church. And see, some of you are you, you, you're not really even sure just hearing it because we have become so consumed with an individualistic, personalized, autonomous understanding of the faith. We don't quite get the message of a collecting, collective favor and blessing. But think about your family. Think about your family if you, if you have a family. If you're single, think about the family that you came from. There were some blessings, were there not? Just in being part of a family, right? I mean, there were some blessings just in being part of the family. You just got some blessings. You got to eat a little something, right? You, got to, you normally got to put your, your head down at night, Amen. But there were other blessings that just became a result of being a part of the family, like family vacation. Like doing special things that only that family did. Now let's keep talking about that in terms of the church. There are people in the church today, and they want, they want the blessings of the family, but they don't want to be a part of the community. Think about a teenager. Anybody got teenagers? Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. I got three. I got three. We're talking about college. We're talking about driver's license. We're talking about all that kind of stuff. Listen, teenagers, they, they want their own room. Well, they want their own television. They, they want their own iPod. They want their own iPad. They want their own iPhone. And they want the room on their door shut. And then they have the audacity to come out of the room and say, what's for dinner? Now, if you're a good parent, your first thought is, what you smoking behind that door? Now, there are people in the church. Now, I don't know if it would be for any of you in here, but if the shoe fits, wear it. There, there are people in the church, think about it, that they want the blessings of the church... But they don't necessarily want to be a part, a player, a participant in the corporate communal dwelling of God's people. Many come to church and they say, help me, pastor. Bless me, pastor. Serve me, pastor. Preach to me, pastor. Sing to me, pastor. Pray for me. But don't you dare expect me to do anything in the church to be a part of God's new Zion. And some pastors would look at that and say, what you smoking? <laughs> and Psalm 128.5 rolls around. And it says, listen, there is a communal nature to the church that, that reserves, if you will, special blessings for God's people. Let me just say it again. God will bless you as a believer. But Psalm 128.5, and as we'll see in just a moment, many New Testament passages actually teach us that there's a higher level of blessings. There, there are other blessings that God reserves for those who are engaged, dialed in, and players in the church of Jesus Christ. Repeat after me. This is about us. It's not just about me. That was pretty good, but you can do a little bit better. All of our campuses, I want to hear you say it. Ready? This is about us. It's not just about me. 
There is a corporate community about the church. Christianity is not only a personal religion, though many of us have been told that from the beginning. And so we've kind of bought into this notion that Jesus is like my chub. You know what I mean? I've got Jesus. I've got to carry him around in my pocket. Or I've got Jesus. I carry him around, around my neck with a cross, right? And he's, he's my little chub. He's my personal savior. Psalm 128.5 rolls around and says, no, no, no. It's about being a part of something so much bigger. It's about being a part of a community of faith. And as a community of faith moves and is steered by the dwelling of the Holy Spirit, as a community of faith lives out its faithfulness, God unleashes reserved blessings for the people of God. May God bless us. From Zion. Amen? Amen. Hebrews would get to this. Hebrews 12. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn over there. Hebrews 12, 18 through 24. A long text, but, but again, just listen to what Zion is all about because the New Testament starts to pick up on this. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further words be spoken to them. Verse 20. Because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I'm trembling with fear. But you have come to mount what? This is the New Testament. The city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. To the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in where church? You have come to God, the judge of all. To the spirits of the righteous made perfect. To Jesus the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. And you thought you were just showing up to church this morning. There's a hugeness to this thing we're doing, church. There's there's a scope and a scale that I don't think All of us, me included, fully grasp when we are a part of the church of Jesus Christ. Look at what Paul would say in Ephesians 2. Consequently, just picking up on that same thing, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow what? Fellow, oh, they don't have it on the screen. I'm sorry. They're not with me. There's no way you can answer that. (laughs) They'll get it, I'm sure. Ephesians 2. 19 through 22. There we go. Give them a hand. Give them a hand. Thank you. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow what? There you go. With God's people and also members of his household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, in Jesus, the whole Building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in Him, listen, listen, church, 
in him, you, and you, and you, and everybody on the other side of that camera, if you are involved and engaged in the church of Jesus Christ, in him the whole building is joined together and rises together, a holy temple in the Lord, and in him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. This is God's house. We sometimes forget that, don't we? Particularly in the contemporary church. We pride ourselves on being so cool, so relevant, so contemporary, right? Don't we? Don't we? Come on. And in some senses, we have forgotten that the church of Jesus Christ is God's house. Are you with me? A dwelling where God, literally God, lives by his spirit. This is huge. And let me just dive down a little bit further. While Jesus is positioned at the right hand of God to govern from heaven, listen, we as the church, we are positioned with him down here as his body. As the new Zion, God has chosen to reign and bless and govern the world with a kind of upside down, subversive kind of way through the church. He's in heaven, positioned at the right hand of the Father, and he's left the kingdom. The keys to the kingdom. He's left with you and me. I don't know what you sometimes I look in the mirror. I'm like, God, you could have picked somebody else. <laughs> the church. And I wasn't sure I was going to say this, but I just, want to, I just want to jump off for just a moment and talk about something because I wasn't here when it all went down. And I'm not going to spend much time on it. But the whole Trayvon Martin, George Zimmerman deal... As I watched that thing unfold, I had a couple of thoughts. One is, God help us. Amen? Amen. But the other thing I thought, and again, I don't have time to unpack a message on race relations. And you guys know I will do that, and I have done that. But you know what I thought as I watched that? I thought, this is why the church is so beautiful. And I mean New Hope Church. Because as I watch America continue to struggle with race relationships, when I watch America continue to struggle with racism, and I'm talking about all racism, when I look at that, I am reminded that the only hope in the world is the church of Jesus Christ that understands we're all equal. We've all been created in the image of of Almighty God. And I've been thinking this racism, when you really just stop to think, and I'm not going to go off longer than I wanted to, but let me just unpack it for you. Racism is when you really think about it, the most stupid, arrogant sin of all sins. Just, I mean, get theological with me for a moment. 
Racism is the arrogant presupposition that God didn't know what he was doing when he created us different colors. Maybe you didn't hear me because you just clapped like you were at Wimbledon <laughs> at a freaking tennis match. Racism is the most arrogant, stupid sin of all sins because it is based upon the obnoxious presupposition that God, who is creator, didn't know what he was doing when he created men and women of different skin color. That's, yeah, that's better. And so as I look at the church, and it breaks my heart that the church is still one of the most segregated hours in the week. I praise God that New Hope Church represents God's full created order. And yeah, 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 yeah. And what I'm, what I'm, what I'm really wanting to tie back to my message is this. When you understand the scale and the scope of the church... When you understand that God has positioned the church on planet earth to be the full embodiment and representation of the new Zion. You start to see how big this thing is that we're a part of. And I don't mean big in terms of numbers. I mean big in terms of impact. I mean big in terms of significance. I mean as the world looks around, may there be more churches that represent the full anointed power and blessings of God. And may the world look at the church and take notice. This is why, this is why, this is why you've heard me say so many times, the church is the hope of the world. Like, I believe that. And Mr. or Miss Skeptic, you're sitting there going, yeah, but I know, but the church has been bad over the years. <laughs> what about the Crusades, Pastor? You went to school, did you learn about the Crusades? Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I know church history. And I can walk you through the times when we've not lived up to what God has called us to be. I wish I could say to you that the church was on the front lines of putting away the crusades. I wish I could say to you that the church was on the front lines of women's rights. I wish I could say to you that the church was on the front lines of racial rights. I wish I could, but that doesn't negate the fact that some churches God is blessing from Zion. And it doesn't negate the fact that it is time for the church to rise up and be the bride of Christ. I'm, I'm head over heels in love with the church because there's nothing like the church when she's running right. There's nothing like the church when she's hitting on all cylinders. May God bless you, Psalm 128.5. From where? Zion. Zion. From the church, there are certain blessings that come only from being connected to the church. And I hope and I pray as we get ready to move back into the fall, we've coming off the summer scatter. I know we've all been here and there. But this is why being engaged in the church, this is why being in church every single weekend, not once a month, beloved. 
This is why being in the church every single weekend is so important. Not, not so that you can check something off of your to-do list. Not so that it gives you any more chance of being saved. You are saved by the blood and the grace of Jesus Christ and Him only. Amen? Not so that you can come and kind of evaluate the society and the culture. No, 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 no. The reason it is so important for us to be engaged in the church of Jesus Christ 52 times a year and then hopefully doing life with others, serving the kingdom, the, the, the Haitian missionaries, just came, Kenya missionaries, just came back, being in life group, being serving here on Sunday morning. The reason it is so important to be a part of the church is because God is writing history his story through you and through me, the new Zion, the heavenly city of Jerusalem. Yes, the church of Jesus Christ. And this is why we're so passionate about church around here. This is why we will do anything short of sin to reach people. Oh, yeah. I said, we will do anything short of sinning to reach people. This is why next year, way overdue, it's two years overdue. This is why next year we will bust the walls out of this worship center. This, this is why next year the campuses, all the campuses will be looking at refurbishing their facilities to handle growth. This is why we have a 2020 vision to launch 15 campuses by the year 2020. This is why right now we are launching a campus in Columbia, South Carolina, and North Raleigh going after the Capitals for Christ because this stuff matters, church. It matters. And I just, I just want to give you an opportunity to think about where you fit in the mix of all that. Are you just kind of a consumer? Are you just kind of a... You just kind of show up every now and then. So I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Seriously welcome. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about what this fall is going to be like for you. And I want you to think about whether or not you want one level of blessings. Or whether or not you want another level of blessings that is reserved for those who are a part of the Zionistic movement known as the church of Jesus Christ. And as your pastor, because I love you, I want you to experience the highest level of blessing. Anybody here want the highest level of blessings from Almighty God? That's what I thought. If you didn't raise your hand, you might not have a pulse. Because I can't imagine anybody not wanting the highest level of blessings from Almighty God. Amen? Amen. North Raleigh, it's coming. Have you heard about it? I want to invite you to sit back for just a moment, watch a video, and consider the message that you've heard so far on Zion and consider whether or not you might fall into this incredible opportunity that's coming our way. Check it out. We were really excited when uh, Pastor Benji and I were sitting at dinner one night and he brought up the fact that we may have a chance to open our first satellite campus and it was going to be in Garner, North Carolina. And I don't know what came over me at the moment, but when he said it, uh, my response was, uh, send us, let us go. 
So we decided to go that Saturday and, and see the building that we were talking about getting in Garner. We pulled in the parking lot and we were trying to just kind of go check out the building and the, and the grounds and everything and just look around. Um, but of course it, it didn't quite go as planned because we got out of the car and one of them came over to us and introduced herself as Miss Gale. Uh. And Olivia was about 18 months old then so I was holding her and Miss um, Gale put her hand on her head and then she looked at the other two girls and she just said we could really, really use um, some more young ones like this around here. So, um, you know, we said goodbye to her and thanked her and Joe and I got in the car and on the ride back, um, we were just talking about everything and and Pastor Benji had, you had just preached a message, I think the Sunday before, about how we need to say yes to things, even things that we may not wanna do, um, but take opportunities that are given to us. With that message and then meeting Miss Gale and her showing us around and just being so wonderful, I looked at Joe and just said, well, the only reason we wouldn't do this is if we were just being selfish or incredibly lazy because God was clearly trying to, you know, hit us over the head and say, you need to go do this. So we did. We did. <laughs> For our family, I think the idea of, of being a part of a legacy like that is just, it's just right in the heart of what God calls us to be. And, and you know this, you know this about our family, you know, we have the sayings all over our house. Yeah. We have the one from Joshua that says, as for me and my house, yes. we will serve the Lord. And for us, being local missionaries and, and going out and teaching our children to go out, um, it's just so in the heart of that. And I don't think for Cheryl and I that we could, we could ask for anything more than the opportunity that we had at Garner. It was really incredible. You know, we've been saying for 12 years, but this is a hard concept for people to get. When we mention missionaries and you hear about missionaries, everybody always tends to think of, you know, across the ocean, third world kind of stuff. And we do lots of missions there. We all know that around here. But America has now become a mission field. And the whole vision of our church, Reach, Teach, and Release, is built upon the fact that this is a mission field. We want to reach people here. We want to teach them. We want to release them. When I look back on the New Hope story and see how Garner unfolded, I don't know that it would have been what it was then or become what it has become today if it wasn't for you guys saying, send us. Pastor Chad says something on a regular basis, and I love it. Um, he says that we as Christians, we, we actually have to serve. Yeah. Like we need to serve. Like, um, I mean, a third of everything that Christ taught was about being a servant. And I mean, Christ was, I mean, he was a servant the himself. Ultimate, ultimate I mean, he, servant, he was the yeah. ultimate servant. And so, so it's not a matter of the church asking people to serve or the church giving people opportunities to serve. We as Christians should just have an unbridled mm -hmm. desire to serve. Mm -hmm. Raleigh's huge. Yeah. Raleigh's twice, three times as big as Durham. There are people over there that are just screaming to hear the gospel mm. and just screaming to, to find a way who are just wrecked. And the fact that our church can let us do that 20 minutes from our house or 30 minutes from our house um, is just might, might be the biggest opportunity that may ever come across anybody's plate who's sitting out there in the audience right now. And, and the fact is, is that if they listen to it and they don't respond to it, 
then they could be giving up one of the greatest opportunities that God's ever presented to them. They completely miss it. And and for us, for us, luckily, I, I was I was uh, silly enough at dinner to say send us because mm-hmm. if we wouldn't have, I just I, I can't imagine not having had that opportunity. Mm. As Isaiah would say to the Lord, send me. We are looking for hundreds of new hopers who would say. North Raleigh is going to be our mission field for the next season. Send us. And I hope they don't miss it. And I look forward to seeing how God is going to use your parents, girls, and how God is going to use you girls in the kingdom movement of New Hope Church. Thanks for serving. I love how Joe said there toward the end, he said, for those sitting out there, this could be one of the greatest opportunities for you to get dialed in and engaged in the church. And if you're not careful, you could miss it. Now, I can talk to you about that on two levels. One is just involved in the church. So if you're here today, listen, and and you're coming from the summer scatter, and you're coming off vacation, and maybe you still got some vacation time left, whatever the case may be, but you all know August is the new September. School starts. We're all coming back together. If you're not engaged, if you're not dialed in, if you're not committed every single Sunday to being in the house of the Lord where God's people dwells, where God reserves certain blessings, if you're not in a life group, if you're not serving in ministry, just take out the connect card. Just let us know. Because again, as your pastor, I want you to experience these blessings. But I can also talk to you on another level. And that is if you live anywhere near this side of Durham, Or not even for that matter. You might live in Chapel Hill and want to make the drive to North Raleigh. Let me show you where this campus is going to be. If you just take 540, a big circle in North Raleigh. See the circle in the middle? See the little A, the red A? That's where the campus is. It's right off of 540 in the heart, listen, of millions of people who need Jesus, who need to experience the blessings of God. Here it is, from Zion. And if you're interested at all, when you walk out of here today, there's going to be a blue tent in the front of the church yard. There'll be a table and there'll be people there to get your information and talk to you about it. They're soft launching this bad boy in about three weeks. And the grand opening is September 22nd, 2013. Any of our campuses, anyone, anywhere, those of you who might be watching this on television in the Raleigh area, this is for those who are longing for the blessings of God. And this is for those who want to go as modern day, listen, Local missionaries to build a new Zion community. A French philosopher by the name of Alexis C. Tocqueville was bound and determined to figure out the greatness of America. And so he came to America and he spent months and months and months studying America, trying to figure out what 
makes America great. From 1831 to 1832, Alexis C. Tuckville studied America. And when it was all said and done, this was his conclusion. I sought for the greatness and genius of America in her commodious harbors and her ample rivers, and it was not there. In her fertile fields and boundless forests, and it was not there. In her rich mines and her vast world commerce, and it was not there. In her democratic congress and her matchless constitution, and it was not there. Not until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits aflame with righteousness did I understand the secret and genius and power. America is great, listen church, because she is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, she will cease to be great. And if the church ever ceases to be what God has called her to be in the midst of a culture that's running away from God, then America will lose her greatness. And we of all people, the Bible says, should be pitied. For the gospel, the gospel, whereby Jesus Christ went to the cross, shed his blood, allowed his body to be ripped for you and for me, is called to be the new Zion, the place where God's highest blessings flow. When Christ went to the cross and he shed his blood there for you, he was doing nothing less. Listen. And setting up the new Zion. The place where his favor and his blessings would flow. Our ushers are going to come forward in just a moment. They're going to pass down each row. Each, each row a piece of bread and a cup of juice. I want to invite you to take and hold that. And we're actually going to receive it at all of our campuses the same way. We're all going to receive a piece of bread and a cup of juice. We're going to come together as we move into this season ahead of us. We're going to pray that God will unleash his blessings in our lives and in the life of this church. Yes, in our lives individually, but listen, in our church communally. Because if this meal reminds us of anything, it reminds us that it's about us. And not just about me. I want to invite you to hold it. I want to invite you to pray. And we're all going to sing a song together. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And when we're done singing that song, I will lead all of us. Again, at all of our campuses, we will receive together. I will lead us. And if you're home and you're watching television right now, or you're watching this on the internet... Why don't you go get a piece of bread, a cup of juice? We invite you as well to receive this with us. This meal reminds us, church, 
that as we gather, we receive blessings from God. Amen? As we scatter, we go out to be the body of Christ. We gather each week, we scatter. We gather, we scatter. And the stakes are so high. The mission is so profound. For you, me, we, we're the new Zion. The body and the blood of Christ. Broken, shed for you. Let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Father, we give you thanks for this holy mystery of the Lord's Supper. Bless us from Zion, O God. Bless us today. May it start in profound and significant ways from this day forward. Bless us, God, not for our own sake, but bless us for your glory. Bless us that we might be a blessing to you. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh
won't you stand at all of our campuses as we honor the body and the blood of Christ? God loves you. You say, how, how do you know, Pastor? Because he sent his son, Jesus, who spread wide his arms on a blood-stained cross and said, I love you now and forever this much. And his body was broken and bruised there for you. Symbolically represented in this piece of bread. So at all of our campuses, communally, let us receive the body of Christ. The blood of Christ shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, poured out for you that your sin debt, which we all have, if you know Christ has been paid in full, let us remember the blood of Christ. Again, oh God, we give you thanks. There's not a better word to put to all of this than mystery. Give you thanks for the mystery of the Lord's Supper. Thank you for communing with us. Thank you for giving us a reminder, God, of what you did that we might live for you, serve you, and know you. Thank you for grace. Thank you for the person who is here, God, that in in receiving that piece of bread and cup. They're actually inviting you into their lives, maybe for the first time or the tenth time. Come into our lives today, Lord Jesus. We re-surrender. We recommit our lives to you, to your church. Make us one with you and one with each other. Until, oh God, we feast with you in that banquet, that eternal banquet in heaven forever. Until then, oh God, let us be your church. Let us be your church that shines brightly as a beacon of faith and hope and love. Let us be that new Zion community. A community of faith that sets up your kingdom right here on planet earth. Forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us for righteousness. Use us, we pray, in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, if you receive it and you're thankful for it, would you give the Lord God a hand? Thank you, Father. We're going to turn it back over to the campus pastors at the campuses, and you folks here at Central can go ahead and be seated. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at newhopenc.org. If you have any prayer requests, please send those to prayers at newhopenc.org. And our pastors and staff will stand with you in prayer. We hope you'll join us next week. God bless and thank you for being a part of our church family.